You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. take a reading from John chapter 6 and we'll read from verse 4 to 11. It says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this is said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. 11, let's read 11 together. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Come with me, let's read verse 23. 23 says, however, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they ate bread, after the Lord had given thanks. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Your word is light. Your word is life. We thank you for the privilege that we have to have your word spoken to us to have your word before us, to read and to meditate and to think upon. This morning, we surrender to the ministry of your word. Spirit of the living God, come, you are the author of the word. Come and breathe it into us. Lord Jesus, you said the words you speak to us, they are spirit and they are life. Let these words be spirit and life to us today. Let it produce, let it heal, let it transform. Let it empower, let it correct. Let it bring the result that is intended of the Father, even to us individually, corporately, in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of the living God, we yield to you, hearer and teacher. Come and have your way, and let the name of the Lord be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, you know, we live in a time where if we see... There are problems. If we say in Nigerian language, say wahala day everywhere. You know, you won't be speaking far. You know, the times we live in locally as a country, you know, there are just issues everywhere. Problems, challenges, difficulties, hardship, distress everywhere. And, you know, you look deep into it also or you think on it as well. You see that we have it peculiarly as a nation, but most countries of the world are experiencing their own issues. 
One of the things we could never appreciate the Lord for as a nation is that none of our problems, we can use the word extraterrestrial. I mean, that's not the correct thing, but all our problems are man-made. Because if you were from the regions of Turkey and Syria, where they've had the earthquakes, or the people that have had the mudslides and, you know, the typhoons and the hurricanes, there's nothing you can do. You just wake up and you meet it. Praise God. But we as a nation now, most of the things that we are suffering, I mean, look at the cash challenge. We didn't have cash challenge in November. We didn't have it in December. In January, somebody created it, a human being. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some set of human beings went to court, not to solve it, but to solve their own problem. And court solved their problem without solving the cashless problem. Okay, so there are problems everywhere. Some man-made, you know, some nature and all of that. But the point is, it's happening all over the world in one way or the other. Now, the issue for you and I as children of God, as people who have gathered before God this morning to hear his word and to worship him and to fellowship with him is this. What is God saying? Why are there so much problems in his world? Is the world out of control? Praise the Lord. Is he, you know, losing control of his world? You and I can guess the answer. No, he's not. Praise the Lord. God is still in control of what? His world. And does he intend that you will be drowned and overwhelmed by the challenges and the problems? No, he doesn't. He is God. He is the good God. Praise the Lord. He is the God who is good, beautiful in every circumstance in every situation he's god no situation removes a letter from who he is there's no difficulty that takes the g out of the god or the o out of the god or the d out of the god in all circumstances he remains who god praise the lord come with me to luke 21 we'll read something there before we get back to our text in luke 21 from verse 7 The disciples asked Jesus a question. The Bible says, so they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I'm he, and time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. It says, therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. 16 says, you'll be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. 17. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Now look at 18. What does 18 say? But what will happen? 
but not a hair of your head shall be did you see the situation did you see the scenario terrible scenario terrible problem but the god who is almighty says all this will happen but don't worry it won't touch you not a hair of your head shall be lost and then he went further in 19 and told us what we're to do it says by your patience what do you do you possess your souls please I want you to just run through any possible translation you can see on that verse 19. By your patience, you possess your soul. Message says, stay with it. That is what is required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry you'll be saved, okay? By standing firm, you will do what? You will win your souls, okay? Any other one? Some says in your perseverance, okay? But there is contemporary English version. It says, you will be saved by being faithful to me. So, in all of these things that are happening, what should be our concern? There is God. Praise the Lord. Mama Jonathan told us many years ago, there is what? There is God. And today, we are reminding ourselves that what? There is God. And God is saying, in all the things that are happening we are going to be saved by what? Being faithful to him. That is the word I'm bringing to us. There are issues, problems, numerous, a myriad of problems. But there is one solution. It is being faithful to who? To God. How does this play out? Let's go back to our text where we began to read. In our text, we see something that happened there. The Bible said Jesus looked and he saw a great multitude coming towards him. And back in John 6, now verse 5. And he said to Philip, Philip, where do we find bread that these may eat? We have a problem here. Now you realize that just like we've done the introduction, nobody will need to be taught or told the problems we have as a nation. Everybody knows the problems. The challenges are common knowledge. The difficulties are known. In fact, the little child will even tell you the exchange rate. They have never bought dollar. But they know so well all the problems. Are you with me? Because we master knowing what the problems are. They are so easy to know. However, what we see our Lord Jesus Christ trying to teach us in this particular miracle that he walked here was that for Every problem that you can see, that you are aware of, that you experience, or that you're experiencing, that God, who is almighty, who is omnipotent, who is omniscient, who is omnipresent, who does not wait to meet today to handle the issues of today, already has what? A solution. Jesus said this he asked to test him. He didn't ask the question to find a solution. Is someone with me? Jesus did not ask Andrew, did not ask the disciples, where shall we buy bread? He asked that to provoke them to go from thinking the problem to being aware that there is what? A solution. And that is what I want you to get this morning. Child of God, people of God, let me let you understand something. I thank God for all the songs we sang for the praise and worship. They were saying the same thing. 
God made this world and God is not an irresponsible creator. If you think of a car, your car has an exhaust pipe. The job of that exhaust pipe is that as the engine, you know, gets into combustion and it produces power to move the car forward. As the car is moving forward, there are some things that the car needs to get out quickly. It senses through the exhaust system and it kicks it out. Are you with me? God did not create a world and the problems in the world, he did not factor how to solve it. So where we are masters at knowing the problems, please let us lift our eyes. The psalmist said, lift up your eyes beyond the hills. He says, where do my help come from? My problems are around in the valleys, amongst, you know, on top of the hills everywhere. Where does my solution come from? He says, I'll lift up my eyes out beyond all my problems, beyond the hills where my word help comes from. For every challenge, for every problem, there is what? Help prepared by our maker. That's why we could read the passage we read in Luke. And in spite of all the things that happened, your maker said, you won't lose a hair. Do you understand it? He knows what he's talking about. He's the one who made it in spite of all. He said, don't worry. I created it. I created the world. I run the world. So you see all these things. It says, we must now, as people of God, lift up our eyes from being masters at the problems to being discoverers of the solution. So he said, where are we going to buy bread? To test him, to provoke him, to begin to think. And this was the best Philip could come up with. Philip said in verse 7, I don't know how he got the figure 200. But maybe the ministry had touched 200 dinner at some point. So he said, the largest amount we had ever had as a ministry, if we use it to buy bread, is not sufficient for them that what? Every one of them may have what? A little. That means it still would not satisfy anything. That was what Philip could come up with. It means this problem has no solution. Some of the records say, send them home. We can't solve this problem. Okay, so we see from here, Jesus now sets everything in place. And look at what he did. After Andrew brought the lad with five loaves and the two fish. Verse 10, read that for me, everybody. Then Jesus said what? Jesus spoke pidgin English here. King James put it where he said, make them sit down. (laughs) Make the people what? He spoke pidgin, he spoke Nigerian English. Now, now, what is the mindset there? There is a problem. What is the reaction where there is a problem? Anxiety, worry, agitation, distress, unsettledness. Everybody is thinking, there is no food. What do we do? There is no food. Jesus said, make them sit down. Make them what? Sit down. What is he announcing? There is a solution. This morning, the word of God to somebody is what? Calm down. Do you understand? Calm down. Why? There's a solution. There's a solution. Calm down. Concerning the challenges of our nation, he says, calm down. Calm down. He said, make them sit down. At that point, what they had was what? Five loaves and two fish for 5,000 people, not counting women and children. And are sitting down. 
in the same vicinity. And nobody has been sent to buy bread. Are you picturing what is going on here? They didn't make a phone call. There was no GSM. There was no satellite phone. So we're here. You know, this is happening. That is happening. And they say, just sit down. Just sit down. They say, relax. How can you relax? In fact, that was the first miracle that happened there. That they sat down. Are you with me? But that is where God wants you to work, to be. That is why the Bible can make it clear to us. Philippians 4 verse 6 says what? Be anxious for what? What is the opposite of anxiety? Calm down. Be anxious for nothing. You and I are masters in anxiety. Today we are dropping that degree. Be anxious for what? Nothing. It says instead for everything. In everything. How many things? Small things. Big things, little things, things you can handle if you try. Things if you tried your best, you won't be able to handle. What should you do about it? Say prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Are you with me? We're going somewhere. Now, this morning, you know this is Thanksgiving service. The truth is this. I don't think the average Christian is doing bad, especially the Nigerian Christian, is doing bad in the area of prayer. Especially when he says, you know, I must get it, I must get it. I don't think we're doing bad in that area. I don't think we're doing bad in lamentation and, you know, complaining and, you know, going before God to tell him what exactly we want. And that is what the Bible said we should do. But if you look at that line, it said by prayer and what? And supplication, then what happens? I think that sounds like the issue Nigeria is in. The president must win two-thirds of the states of the federation. Andy, what is your judgment? Is FCTA must? Is similar to this. By prayer and supplication. If you don't add thanksgiving, they should not announce you as president. Read it for me. Be anxious for nothing, what? But by what? Or in prayer? And thank, <laughs> prayer and supplication. If you do a lot of prayer, you know, you see the way the average Christian thinks because we're Africans. In Africa, they don't give thanksgiving to the idol. You just negotiate. He says, bring foul. Bring this, bring this. When he gives you what you, you tell, this is your prayer, this is the enemy, this is the enemy. He tells you what to do, you move on. Isn't it? So we have a culture of that combative relationship of that transactional relationship so we can pray we can shake head we can shake body all of that is good but the bible said when you do all of that with thanksgiving that is when your request will have the proper protocol to be received by the father child of god this is very difficult for us and you know why it's difficult for us? Simple. We have brain. Let me say I have brain. I'm thinking. So, if there is a problem, and I'm asking, let this mountain move. Let this mountain move. As long as the mountain is before me, it's easy for me to shout about it, to command it to go, to ask for it to go, as long as it's before me. But to thank God that he has gone. Do you know it's another level? That's why it's difficult for us. To thank God he has gone is that I will look at that mountain. 
and say you're nothing to my God. We haven't gotten there. That's why a lot of ministries, you know, church, you know, people, people like us, have made large business of advertising problems. If we put on that billboard outside now, delayed pregnancy, near success syndrome, mother-in-law problem, landlord not wanting you to prosper problem. If you advertise problem, people will rush in. They identify with that because the mountain is right before them. That's what they see. And the truth is this, all those problems are there. But the Christian has God. Are you with me? The Christian has God. The Christian may have problems, but he has God. So when you advertise Christianity with problems, you don't know God. Is someone hearing me? Jesus said, where shall we buy bread that this may eat? To test him. He was looking at them and they started discussing. They came back and said, 200 denarii worth of bread. It's not enough. We can't, even a little, impossible. So he says, okay, watch and see what I do. So he said, make them sit down. And I'm sure the disciples will be wondering, what is he going to do? So they said, Augustine, make you sit down. Sit down, everybody sit down. sit down. So they all sat down, looking at him, observing him intently. And then the Bible said, he took the five loaves and the two fish in the midst of 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And lifted it up to God and say, Father, I thank you. What was he saying? He was saying a few things. He was saying, God, before we arrived at this location, you were God. Before these men could feel hunger, you are God. You are the one who put the propensity or the wellness that gives capacity for. Do you know hunger is a sign of well-being? You are the one who enabled them to be hungry. I get it what I'm saying. You are the one who also made sure that what we have here is five loaves and two fish. You make no mistakes. I thank you because you are God in this circumstance. We will eat what you have provided. Start giving them food. And all of a sudden, what happened? As he broke the bread and the fish... And gave the disciples. The people were eating. And they were eating until all of them what? Ate and were full. Now, where I'm, I'm picking this is very important. Because in verse 23 of this text, there's something the Holy Spirit showed me there. 23 was describing something altogether. It was describing a place. It says, however, other boats came from Tiberias. So it was describing a place. But the Holy Spirit said, this place now is not just known as Tiberias. It's known as a place where what happened? They ate bread. Follow me. One step. They ate what? But this bread they ate was not ordinary bread. It was a bread that was multiplied after what? Thanksgiving. He was saying, make it a memorial. That whatever situation it is, know that when you add Thanksgiving to it, it converts it. This morning, God wants you to learn to convert problems to testimonies. The place where they ate bread after. He could have said the place where they ate bread. The place where they ate a lot of bread. The place where they had 12 baskets remaining. The place where everybody ate as much as they wanted. Wouldn't that have been true? 
But they needed us to know and put it in our memory that there was something that made that miracle what it was or that bread what it was. He said it was the thanksgiving. Now, brothers and sisters, I know you've heard about thanksgiving several times. I want to ask you a question. So, thanksgiving, when Jesus lifted up the bread, he gave thanks. So, he spoke in the Hebrew language and said, Father, I thank you. Isn't it? I want to ask you a question. If someone is giving thanks in a language that you don't know, that you're not conversant with at all, maybe in Chinese language, will you be able to tell what he's doing? Okay, let's take the bread now. So, I'm the um, principal of this school. So, we have a problem. And this is just the little bread the government gave us. If I stand in front of you and I speak Chinese with the bread in my hands, you don't understand Chinese, right? Will you know what I'm saying? Will you know whether I'm thanking God or I'm complaining to God? Will you know? Because you don't understand the language. I'm saying that to tell you, sir, that thanksgiving is more than father, I thank you. You know, religion can teach you a lot of things. There was a, um, how did it happen? Some person who had a parrot that had learned so many things. And the parrot almost put the man in problem. Sometime he had a visitor. And when the man's name was mentioned, in the parrot said, they saying what they say in the house with the man. Thank you is language. What the Bible is looking for is more than language. Are you with me? The thanksgiving you and I need to come into is where we began. Is the thanksgiving of Pastor Livingstone praying this morning. He said, a change mindset, right? Give us a new mindset. Is a mindset that there is no problem without solution. Is a mindset that before God allowed this challenge to meet me, he had already sent me the solution. Is a mindset understanding what our Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter. He said, Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have what? Prayed for you. Is a mindset that before Satan got up in the morning to come to attack you, God had defended you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's a mindset that says the sickness that came on my body is not the first thing to arrive. Before it came, my defense, my healer, my Jehovah Rapha had already planted himself in me. Listen, you know, we read um, Judges chapter 4. The women took us on Judges 4 and 5 last week. Okay? And in Judges 4, verse 5 or 6. Okay? 6 now. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinam, from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebul. I-, I wish we had gone back to where they said these people had 900 chariots of iron. But it's okay because of time. But look at, read verse 7, everybody. This jumped to me. It says, And against you, continue, continue, with his chariots and his multitude, Hold on now, hold on. We're in church, we saw what happened, right? We're in church during the Arise Conference. Who would deploy Caesarea? You saw that. We can go home now. Is someone hearing something here? Who would deploy Caesarea? Caesarea didn't get, God said, okay, I want to destroy now. Now go, go. Go and meet them. Because God has said, (laughs) Barak, I want to finish these people. So I'm going to wake them up. I'm going to tell them, get up. 
go and fight them. Now, if Barak did not know God, when they came, he'll say, Wahala has what? Come again. But it was God that was giving them the opportunity to what? To have victory. That is what he's saying to you, sir. That's what he's saying to you, man. The problem that came is God that is saying, it's time for you to rule over this. It's time for you to triumph over this. So the financial difficulty should not make you resign to a place where it is, God has forsaken me. No, God wants to do something in this area of my life. Father, I thank you. That's the thanksgiving we're talking about. You know why? Let me explain that further because you know, you can agree with me because I'm holding the mic, okay? But I think that if someone stands in front of me and is speaking another language and is complaining and the same person is speaking that same language and is expressing gratitude, I think I can tell. You know why I can tell? When I'm saying thank you, there is an attitude of let us go forward, let us continue. When I'm saying thank you, when I'm expressing gratitude, I'm saying this is not the end. I'm saying the road isn't blocked. I'm saying there's a way out. I'm saying there's progress to be made. Is somebody with me? I'm saying we can move forward in this area. I'm saying that I'm not abandoned. You see, all that statement, no matter the language that I speak it in, there's an attitude you can see in me. The same thing when I'm complaining. You will see the Bible calls it headstrong. You will see that I'm saying road no go, go today. You see, when you give thanks to God in any situation, you know what you're saying? You say, God, let us continue. Because you see, at the time the problem came, it's a point. If you continue in lamentation and unbelief and doubt in that place, you remain at that point. But when you say thank you, you permit heaven. To unfold the next stage. That's what happened with the miracle of the feeding of the multitude. When they saw that they had insufficient bread to feed. What did they say? Send everybody home. We have a big problem here. You don't know the problem I'm going through. You don't know what I've been going through. Pastor, you don't understand. What I've been going through. I cannot even come to it. I cannot pray. In fact, I'm tired. What you're saying is God. I sign off. I cancel the contract. But when another person says. Man, you don't know what I'm going through. But I know whom I believed. I'm fully persuaded. Do you understand? I pray to God and I know he's coming through. What's he say? He's saying, God, what's next on the plan? It's not language. It's a propensity. It's somebody saying, let's go. Somebody saying, let's not go again. Did you notice that each time the children of Israel complained in their journey, what did they say? Let's go back to Egypt. They left Egypt to go to the promised land. Each time they murmured, what was the decision? Let's go back. Complaining is, let me go back. But the real thanksgiving says to God, let's go forward. Let's move on. There's something on the other side. You know, this marital problem, there's a testimony on that side. There's a victory on the other side. There's something to take on the other side. Child of God, this is it. In your patience, what do you do? Possess your soul. You calm down. You think, who is God? Who is big? Who is mighty? Who is the strongest? Who is the wisest? Who is the greatest? Who is the oldest? Do you understand? You ask yourself those questions. Who loves me the most? The Bible says, and we know. What do we know? That all things do what? Work together for, for good to those who love God. 
So if everything is working together for my good, and I know it, what should I be doing? You begin to see how the Bible can say, in all things you give thanks for what? This is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean you remain there. It means he knows what he is doing. It's a mindset, a revelation. It's one of the highest expressions of faith. Are you with me? It's one of the highest expressions of faith because it says to God, I am in your hands. Let's do this. I'll read you a passage. Come with me to Isaiah 59. I was thinking of cutting it somewhere, but I think we may just read it. If you have the living Bible, you can put it so, so we do the living Bible. Thank you. Isaiah 59. Okay. I'll read from verse 1. Say, listen now, the Lord isn't too weak to save you. And he isn't getting deaf. He can hear when you call. But the trouble is that your sins have caught you off from God. Because of sin, he has turned his face away from you and will not listen anymore. For your hands are those of murderers and your fingers are filthy with sin. You lie and grumble and oppose the good. No one cares about being fair and true. Your lawsuits are based on lies. You spend your time plotting evil deeds and doing them. You spend your time and energy in spinning evil plans that end up in deadly actions. You cheat and shortchange everyone. Everything you do is filled with sin. Violence is your trademark. Your feet run to do evil and rush to murder. Your thoughts are only of sinning and wherever you go, you leave behind a trail of misery and death. You don't know what true peace is, nor what it means to be just and good. You continually do wrong, and those who follow you won't experience any peace either. It's because of all this evil that you aren't finding God's blessings. That's why he doesn't punish those who enjoy you. No wonder you are in darkness when you expected light. No wonder you're walking in the gloom. No wonder you grope like blind men and stumble along in broad daylight. Yes, even at the brightest noontime. As though it were the darkest night. No wonder you're like corpses when compared with vigorous young men. You roar like hungry bears. You moan with mournful cries like doves. You look for God to keep you, but he doesn't. He has turned away. For your sins keep piling up before the righteous God and testify against you. Yes, we know what sinners we are. We know our disobedience. We have denied the Lord our God. We know what rebels we are and how unfair we are. For we carefully plan our lives. Our courts oppose the righteous man. Fairness is unknown. Truth falls dead in the streets. And justice is outlawed. Yes, truth is gone. And anyone who tries a better life is soon attacked. The Lord saw all the evil and was displeased to find no steps taken against sin. He saw no one helping you and wondered that no one intervened. Therefore, he himself stepped in to save you through his mighty power and justice. He put on righteousness as armor and the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with robes of vengeance and of godly fury. Can you give us that particular verse in message, please? 17. He said, he dressed in righteousness, put it on like a suit of armor, with salvation on his head like a helmet, put on judgment like an overcoat, and threw a cloak of what? Passion across his shoulders. Let's continue with the living Bible. It says, he'll repay his enemies for their evil deeds. Fury for his foes in distant lands. Then at last, they will reverence and glorify the name of God from west to east. For he'll come like a flood tide, driven by Jehovah's breath. Okay? 20. It says, he will come as a redeemer. 
to those in Zion who have turned away from sin. 21, the last one, I believe. As for me, it says, this is my promise to them, says the Lord. My Holy Spirit shall not what? They shall want the good and do what? And hate the wrong. They and their children and their children's children forever. Now, let's go back. I'm going to read you the verse you are familiar with in King James. Now, 19. Let's go back to 19 in King James. All this is saying something here. I read the Living Bible so that I can just get the contemporary language of it. But what all this is saying in verse 19b in New King James, it will tell you. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, what happens? It says, the spirit of the Lord will what? lift up a standard. There is no barrage. There is nothing from the enemy that makes God cease to be God in the life of his child. Is someone getting it? It doesn't exist to a nation, to a people, to a family, to a church, to a big. There is nothing. All of that, there is nothing. No matter what's happening, you know, where we read this, it captures a bit of what is happening in our nation and all of that. But most importantly, the Lord said, I am still in charge when the enemy rises and rises and makes all the noise. It says, you know what a standard, engineers will understand that. It raises a bastion that says, stop here, you can't go further. That's what it is. And that God is our God. Let me say, is our God. That God is your God. So we can confidently, like the Bible says, in everything... Prayer, supplication, and what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. If I went to ask my brother, you know, maybe brother Mike, I said, Mike, please, I need a million dollars. Okay? You know, it will be difficult for me to thank him. But you see, my sister Chin always gives me this nice banana cake. So, if I requested for banana cake, I will just say thank you. Because you know what? I've known her capacity to always what? Give me those cakes. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, what we are learning is this. Just a little to add to your faith. Is to add that the God who is your father can handle it. And he has a track record of what? Of handling it. And when you go to him in prayer and you don't express that confidence, you miss something. You miss the FCT. Did you hear me? You miss the FCT. Why? They said, he that comes to God, what is required? Must believe that and that he is what? Yes, that he's capable, he's able. You know, you don't try God. The man with the paralytic son, you know, said to Jesus, Master, Master, I've tried your disciples. In fact, I've tried native doctors. I, I started getting better. I came to your disciples now. But he appears this demon. No, they're here. Master, can you try? What did Jesus say to him? He said, I don't try. You don't tell me if I can. Let's rise on our feet. I'm announcing to everybody listening to me. There is no circumstance in your life that is too difficult for God. What you're lacking is skill of approach. Are you hearing me? Thank God for the man. When Jesus said, I don't try. There is no trying with me. He cried out and said, Lord, what? I believe. Help my unbelief. The opposite is the woman with the issue of blood. Who, when she approached Jesus, said before she started, if I just touch, that's the level of thanksgiving I want you to get. To know, sir, list all the problems and laugh at them. 
Consider all the difficulties and laugh at them. Why? It says those who know their God, they shall be what? Strong and carry out all. Great. It's a knowledge of God. It's a knowledge that my God can handle it. Jesus taught us with the five. He said, I want to test you. What was the test? Was it calculation? Was it mathematics? Was it uh, the, the flaw in, in that in bread? The ability to satisfy men? No, it was testing their knowledge of God. It was testing their judgment of God. It was testing what they judge of God. Is God good? This morning, things are bad, but God is good. Things are hard, but God is kind. Do you understand? We can't see a future, but we can see our God. The medical report does not look so good, but the report of the Lord is good. Is someone hearing me? Our enemies have come with 900 chariots of iron, but our God is greater. That's what it is. You may have been in a situation for so long, and to you it appears, don't bother moving. God has been God longer than your situation. You know what that name Alpha means? He's the first on any situation. He's the first. You know what Omega means? Omega means he will also have the last say. So, why don't you thank him for the last say? If you don't know what to do, can you thank him, Lord, in my life? You will be glorified. Concerning my finances, that indebtedness will be a testimony. That sickness will be a testimony. The challenges of our nation now, it will be a testimony. Do you understand? Begin to hallow the Lord. The Bible says, magnify the Lord. The Lord is able. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Set him apart. God has no equal. God has no mate. No problem has come up that God had to hold a meeting. We looked at some two, you know, several times there during the fast. And the Bible said, why do the hidden rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. Why do they take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed? Let us break their bonds. Let us scatter them. He said, he that is in heaven, when he heard them, what did he do? He started laughing. Kishakababa. <laughs> While you're crying about that problem, God is looking at you and saying, Do you know who your father is? It reminds me of the story. You may have heard the story about a seven year old boy that came back from school and was crying. Crying. And the father said to him, What happened? He said they beat him. So the father got angry and dressed up and went to school the next day and said to the son, Bring who beat you. So he brought another seven year old boy, tiny boy like that. Say this boy beat you and you're crying. He beats his son very well. Stupid boy. This type of person beats you and you're crying. If he beats you like this, give him bah, bah, combine with. Do you understand what I'm saying? What are you crying for? I'm talking to you, not your neighbor. You listening to me. What is it that has weighed you down? God is looking at you. God is looking at you. How big is your God? How wise is your God? How wise? God led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And he led them to the edge of the Red Sea. And when the Egyptians came pursuing them, they said, we are finished. The Red Sea is before us. Pharaoh is behind us. Because in their brain, they could not factor that God could part the Red Sea. So they thought that was their end. They thought they had come to the end of the road. But they were not God. They didn't know what God knew. Somebody here, you're in a situation where you're seeing the end, but you don't know what God knows. And this morning, we're saying, let us thank him for his wisdom. 
Let us thank him for his power. Let us thank him for his love. Let us thank him for his intent. Let us thank him for his capacity to solve problems. Let us thank him for his ability to work marvelously in any situation and in any circumstance. The song says, Lord, you are good to me in all circumstances. You're beautiful to me in every situation. There is none that takes your godness out. I need somebody to talk to the Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.